thought of you tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's just bow for prayer. Father, what a great honor and a privilege we have to stand before you tonight, Lord. To stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To be in the presence of Elohim, the all-sufficient one. The almighty, the creator of heavens and earth. And God, we come into your presence humble as your prophet would teach us. Be conscious of your littleness. Lord, we're conscious of that tonight. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would come by our way and just begin to minister to us tonight, God. Begin to open the word and give us ears that can hear. Lord, as it says in Revelations, Lord, give us ears that can hear what the Spirit wants to be said. Not what man wants to be said, but what you want to be said tonight. So I'm asking, Lord, not only will you anoint the ears of the hearer, but anoint the voice, the lips of your speaker tonight, fathers. Lord, as I have obeyed your word by preparing and and studying, and I'm asking tonight, God, that it not be the intellect of a man, but it be the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that would come by tonight and anoint these words, anoint these scriptures, anoint these quotes tonight. Lord, bring them off the pages, if we would say, off the pages of the Bible, off the pages of our notes, God, and may they become a living reality tonight, Father. We believe in thy word, Lord. We know that thy word is spirit and thy word is truth. And we're asking you to come by right now, Father. Minister, Lord, tonight. Heal those that are sick in body. Deliver those that are in need. Save the lost, Lord, and call the backslider back tonight. Whatever it would be, Lord, however you would decide to take this service tonight. Lord, we don't want to hinder you in any aspect of the moving of the Spirit. We want you to have free course and free reign now, Father, as we commit this time to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look here in Isaiah 60. The last time we spoke, we spoke on Arise and Shine, and I kind of, I spoke and I, I was dealing with the gross darkness that was permeating the earth, and tonight, I'm not going to speak on the darkness that we may have to touch base on that just a little bit, but tonight I want to speak to you on Arise and Shine Part 2, but I want to speak to you on Thy Light Has Come. Glory. Thy Light, it's a personal light. Not everybody's going to receive this light, but thy light has come. So we read here, and it says, Isaiah 60 and verse 1, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness to people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. You can be seated tonight. I have another passage of Scripture. If you'll turn to Matthew 4 and verse 16. Trust everybody had a wonderful day today. If you did it, you just fake it till you feel it. That's what we say at the hospital because every day you have to fake it pretty much nowadays. Matthew 4 and 16 says, The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them that we sat in the region in the shadow of death, light sprung up. So we're not a people today that are no longer in darkness. If you're in darkness because you choose not to receive the light that God provided in this hour. But when we look at Isaiah 60 in verse 1 here, the Bible says, arise and shine. And that word arise there means to become powerful. To maintain oneself, to come on the scene, to stand up. Yes. 
And it's time that this bride that he's called for this hour, it's time that she arises on the scene. Not a weak bride, not a defeated bride, but she rises on the scene as a powerful bride. She maintains herself, maintaining her dignity, maintaining that she come from God and she's going back to God. That word arises means to establish and confirm thyself. Oh, come on, little bride. It's time that we arise tonight and confirm who we are. Oh, the devil don't want you to know who you are. He keeps telling you you're this or you're that. You'll never make it. You're a has-been and it never will be. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you are the anointed, the elected, and the chosen bride of Jesus Christ. In the message of the end time, Brother Brad will say, you always talk about how bad the world is. How wicked the world is. How many can say amen to that? It's bad. It's wicked. It's awful. Come on, church. Amen, right? He says, but look how great the church is getting all the time. Oh, if you can see how bad the world's getting, and we can't see how great the church is getting, something's wrong. You, when you see the world getting wickeder and wickeder and wickeder, you should also see the bride getting stronger and stronger and stronger. But coming in her position of power and authority. He said when the world's getting wickeder and wickeder and wickeder, the church is getting more powerful and powerful all the time. Oh, church, the darker we get, the greater we become. The longer or the further we go in Laodicea, the greater this bride illuminates the glory of God. The word shine here means to become bright. How many liked it when you was all down in the mully grove and somebody tells you to cheer up? He didn't care for that too much, right? But God is telling you, cheer up. Become bright. Put a smile on your face. Become lighted up. Be illuminated. Oh, let me put it like the prophet of God will put it. It's time we become stimulated because the revelation that he has given to us in this hour. That's enough to illuminate you and excite you and get you to arise on the scene in the power, not your power, not the power of a man, but the power of the anointing in this hour of the Holy Ghost came. It's a time we become illuminated young people. It's time we quit playing games and allow this word to have free course in our life. Arise and shine thy light. Make it personal tonight. Thy light has come. Thy message has come. Thy word has come. What did it come for? To draw you out of sin. To draw you out of the world of sin. To snatch you from the things of the world. And to illuminate you. To set you on fire for the things of God. Oh, the world don't understand why we can have young people that come to church on a Sunday evening and 60 or 70 gather and worship God. Because they've become illuminated. It ain't a grandmother's religion. It's not a granddaddy's religion. They have their own personal experience with the Father. But as Bible says in verse 2 here, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Right. Notice there's two elements of darkness. Right. One is a darkness going to cover the earth. 
But this gross darkness that's covering the people is a deep obscurity, yeah. one that can be felt. And the last time I spoke, I told them, Brother Tim, I might just grab a hand here. I spoke. You wait to speak into the mic. But the last time we was here, we spoke, and I talked about my incident when I was trying to buy that phone for my daughter and how that man held his, that knife up to my throat and said, give me everything you got, give me everything you got. That was darkness that could be felt. If you don't believe me, go back and live that incident. I feel it even to this day when I pass somebody, a stranger, and maybe they look a little bit thuggish or this, that, or the other. Something inside of me cringes because I was that close to death because the man had his knife up there, and my son to, still to this day has issues because of that incident because he felt the darkness that's prevailing the world in which we live in. It's a darkness that can be felt. It's an obscurity. It means, the word there means the quality of being difficult to understand. Thank God we don't understand the depths of the darkness in which we're living in. Oh, my mind don't think that way. My actions don't act that way. My pulsations don't pulse that way. They don't beat that way. Why, oh, Brother Joe, you once lived that way. Yes, I once lived that way. But let me tell you, I don't live that way anymore because Jesus Christ died. He paid the penalty. He paid the price for me, and he snatched me out of the fire. And now my heart beats toward him. All that he is, I want to be. Because I have been set aflame of the things of God. And I'm looking at men and women tonight who are set aflame of the things of God. He says, now every evil that was in the first church age or the first church lapped over into the next one. Just kept going on down until finally it ended up or it ends up in complete apostasy in the last day. Every evil just keeps lapping over in each church, every little ism that started out. See, what happened we find in the first church age was that they left their first love. They left their first love. And Brother Brandon would tell us, he goes, now, what was the spiritual climate of that church? It had left its first love, leaving its first love of the word of God that was revealed to us as of having fallen from its original origin, which was Pentecost. So they fell away from Pentecost. Just a mere 30 or 40 years later, they had fallen away from an upper room experience. They had fallen away from a supernatural experience. But God came down himself. And pillars of fire and tongues of fire sat upon the people. And 30, 40 years, they began to drift away from this. They lost their first love. You can say, oh, how do they do it? And if we're not careful, even like tabernacle, something may come over you the same way, and you begin to pull back. You begin to not show up for church on Wednesday nights. What's the problem? You begin to lose your first love. You begin to lose your desire for the things of God. He says in plain English, that means that this church was in danger of being taken away from the leading of the Holy Spirit, the control of the Spirit. This was exactly what took place after Moses led the children out of Egypt. The way God was to lead them, notice now, I want you to listen, was by the cloud of fire, prophetic utterance, miracles and signs, and God-given wonders. And if God led his church in that day by prophetic utterance,
spirits, by signs and wonders in the pillar of fire. God's going to lead this church, hallelujah, by prophetic utterance, by signs and by wonders and by the pillar of fire in this hour. This was to be accomplished. Notice what he said. This was to be accomplished by God selected, God ordained, God equipped, and God sent men with the whole camp being dominated. Otherwise, we'll put it like this, the entire church being dominated by the Holy Ghost. Oh, what would evening like tabernacle look like tonight if the entire church, young and old, was dominated by the power of the Holy Ghost? You want to talk about a light. You want to talk about power. You want to talk about passion for the Word of God. Oh, just get illuminated tonight. Let the whole church catch a flame by the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, but they rebelled. They wanted a set of rules. They wanted a set of creeds. They wanted to look like the world. They wanted a king. And if we're not careful, message believers, we want a headquarters. We want a denominational appearance. We want to be able to take our friends and family and point them to something. If you can't point him to this fire, there's nothing else to point him to. He said, this is how the first church age started. And it will get worse and worse until the Holy Spirit is completely rejected and God must destroy the people. And we find from the church age in Ephesians to the Laodicean church age, it's not gotten any better. But it's gotten worse and worse and worse. But God's got a promise. I will destroy I will destroy. But he also has another promise that out of that Laodicean church age, I'm going to call out. The prophet of God will say he's calling a bride out of a church. Oh, are you that bride that's been called out of the church, been called out of the system, been called out of Laodicea, a bride that's become illuminated with the word of the hour, not a word from a previous age or yesterday, but a word that's present today that can heal the sick today, that can save the lost today, that can fill Holy Ghost people today, church. That's the word that we have in this day. You ain't got to look 50 years ago or 60 years ago or 40 years ago. He's the same Holy Ghost tonight. He's the same fire tonight. He's the same God tonight. He's the same power tonight. He's the same healer tonight. He's the same Savior tonight. He's the same church. That's the God that we serve. That's the light that is coming this hour. And we find the revival, the cycle is repeating itself again in this age. We have men today that claim that they're following the Holy Spirit, that they're following the pillar of fire, and yet they're doing nothing more than kingdom building, pointing their constituents or their parishioners to themselves. If you don't take my tapes, if you don't sit under my umbrella, then you're not going to make it. You find that if you don't get my tapes, you're not going to go in the rapture or you're committing spiritual adultery if you listen to somebody else. 
Others are saying that they had the power. Now notice, they've been given the power to speak you in. And if you cross them, they'll speak you out. This is men in this day. Under the umbrella or the auspice of the message of the hour. And claim to be led by the Holy Ghost. I say not. The Holy Ghost or the spirit and the bride say come. It don't say we speak you out. If you don't agree with my doctrine, if you don't agree with my teaching, you're just going to go out to other doors. I'm going to cast you out. Let me tell you, that's not of God. That's not of the Holy Ghost. That's of the darkness of this Laodicean age where men try to usurp the authority over the word of God, over the power of the Holy Ghost, and they position themselves above the prophet of the hour. We find men today say we need to put the prophet back in the pulpit. Because the five-fold ministry, mind you, the five-fold ministry was anointed by God. The five-fold ministry was dictated, prescribed, and ordained by God. He put it in the Word. And so when they're saying put the prophet back in the pulpit, what they're saying is that the five-fold ministry can't keep the Word together. Otherwise, they're saying, God, you are going to have to help you because you can't anoint men to take care of the word, to rightly divide the word, to preach the gospel without messing it up. Otherwise, we find men today that can help the prophet or help God keep his bride together because we're going to put the prophet back in the pulpit. I'm going to tell you, there's prophets that's in the pulpit right here tonight. Men inspired by the Holy Spirit, anointed by Almighty God to preach the word, to proclaim the word. Signs and wonders following their ministries. Not just an evening like tabernacle, but there's anointed men, genuine Holy Ghost filled anointed men around this world that is proclaiming this same message, the same word. They're declaring and they're reflecting the same light that he sent in 1940, in 1930, in 1950, in 1960. That same light is still present, church. Don't you ever think that the devil has got the upper hand and shut that light out. That light ain't shut out. I'm a representative of that light tonight. They're representatives of that light tonight. You are a representative of that light tonight. You are reflecting that light. So what they're saying is God is not big enough to keep his word. That man's got to step in and help him out. But I want you to know, when they say these things, they're not taking you into the light. Nope. That's the first step towards apostasy. And it leads to total darkness. A darkness that's going to be felt. A darkness that men are going to want to die and they can't. Their flesh is going to fall from them, but they can't die. They're going to seek the mountains to fall on them, and they can't die. What a darkness that is coming upon this earth. You know, Egypt, when they were there, and, and Moses, when he said, let darkness come over the land, because, you know, there was another, another plague that was coming, and the darkness swept over the land, and, you know, Egypt was in gross darkness, yet there was a people that had light in their dwellings. And we look around this world that we live in, there's darkness all over the land. But to the little bride, let me say it tonight.
why there's Goshen, there's light in the land. God has provided light for the seeing. God had provided thy light. Thy light is come. So he says in the message of the Ephesian church age, he says, now how it started out in the early church, it was called deeds. I want y'all to listen to this quote very carefully. Then it became a doctrine. Then it became a standard. Then it became the unbending way. It finally took over and God was pushed to the side. Oh, it started so small, so quietly, so inoffensively. It looked so good. It seemed so sound. Then it caught a hole like a python and it squeezed out the very breath and killed all the spirituality that was in the church. He says, oh, that false vine is so subtle. That false vine is so subtle. Notice how it comes so small, so quietly. Oh, it's inoffensive. They can take a quote, stack it up, cherry pick. Put it here, put it here, take a couple of scriptures, put it here. Make it say what God didn't intend for it to say. So small, so quietly, so inoffensive. It looks so good. Oh, it's the word of the hour. It's the prophet's message. Oh, it's this and it's that. And it seems so sound. Then it caught a hold and we find that it's catching hold in Africa. It's catching hold up in other places around the world. These false teachings are catching hold. And what does it do? It squeezes like a python and it takes all the life out of the church. And it shuts out the light. Squeezes out every breath. He said, and Brother Ram would make the same. He said, it's like an angel of light until it gets a hold on. He goes, now I want to say that I believe in the leadership But it's not the leadership of men that I believe in. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost. How many can say amen to that tonight? Otherwise, the prophet of God say, listen, if you following after a man, if that man is a godly man, he's going to stay with the word. But when that man gets away from the word, get away from the man. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the leadership of man. But as long as that man is being led by the Holy Ghost, you stay with him. But if that man gets away from the word, get away from the man and stay with the Holy Ghost. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost coming through the word. I believe also that God has sent men in the church, men who are gifted by the Spirit, and that they will keep the church in order. I believe that. I believe also that the church is ruled by men that God sends to take charge. But that rule is by the word so that it is not men ruling, but rather the Spirit of God. For the word and the Spirit are one. Not two. Not separate. The word and the Spirit are one. And we find that in the last age, which is our age, we will find a complete blackout of the word. A complete apostasy ending in the great tribulation. And the prophet of God will say, if you're a true seed, if you're truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will esteem his word above your necessary meat. You will yearn to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You're not kicking around these ideas. Well, you know, that's just the thoughts of a man. That's just Brother Tim's idea. Well, let's compare your idea with an anointed man's idea, and I'll take an anointed man's idea over yours. 
I'll take a prophet's idea who's in the presence of the pillar of fire, who had the angel of the Lord visit him day after day after day after day, who revealed signs and wonders, people's names, addresses, whatever their needs were. I'll take that idea, if you want to call it an idea, over your idea any day. But we find men today. We've gone, I don't know if many of you have known this or not, but there's a group of men that's gone past the Laodicean church age. Their teaching has left the Bible. And now they're no longer in Laodicea. They're in what they're calling the bride age. It's another age separate from the Laodicean age. We know that Laodicean was the darkest of age. We know that, the, that, that John only, he only ministered to seven church ages. The Bible speaks of seven candles and seven stars. And so we know that there being seven church ages and seven measures. So when you go beyond the Laodicean church age, you've gone beyond. You've went past God. You went past his messenger. What have you have done? You have left the light and you've gone into darkness. So once man starts down this slippery road of no, we're no longer in Laodicea. We're in the, the bride age. When he starts going down that slippery road, he leads him to apostasy and darkness. He has nowhere to take you. Did you hear me? I said he has nowhere to take you. You that are streaming in, he has nowhere to take you tonight. Because he's taking you places his mind is going, not where the Holy Spirit is leading. Because the Holy Spirit is staying within the confines of the Scripture. The message of the hour stays in the confines of the scripture, not outside of it. So you can't say, oh, I'm reading between the lines and I'm saying what the prophet should have said. No, if he wanted that to be said, he would have claimed and he, he, he would have said exactly what he meant to say. And I trust that God, Almighty God said what he needed to be said in an end time to an end time people. They don't need man's idea. They need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost back in the church. These men need to recant and repent and get saved by the power of God. So they lead the vindicated message and they begin to produce their own doctrines, their own ideas, their own assumptions. And what it does is blinds people. Spurgeon would put it like this. There is nothing that breaks the darkness except the light from God's face. And when that light falls upon the church, then the church straightway or straightway begins to shine in the midst of darkness and the multitudes come to the light. Church, there's nothing that we can do besides display the face of Almighty God to a dark age. See, it's, this age is corrupt. This age is stricken with sin and and my, man's mind is on evil continually. But even in this age, God said, I will have a church. Notice, arise and shine, for thy light has come. Thy message has come. It's the, not the light from a previous age. Paul's light would not do us any good today. We need the light that's been provided in this age. And not only do we need it, we got to stay with it. You can't go beyond it. You got to stay with it. Stay with the, the word of the hour. Stay with the revelation that God provided for this hour. And the scripture also says, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. You know what that word glory there means? That word glory means the reputation. That's 
The reputation of God, the reputation, all his splendor, all his riches, all his healings, all his mercies, all his grace, everything that he was, he's appearing upon men and women in the darkest, most evil of all ages. He is showing himself, I'm still God. I'm still alive. I'm still illuminating sons and daughters of God. God is appearing among us. Brain bleeds healed. Oh, eyes being recovered. Lumps leaving from under the breast. Cancer being defeated. Oh, what is it? It's signs and wonders that is following. It's the anointed word, the light that has been given in this hour. Genesis 1. If you have your Bibles, we'll turn there. In verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. So God spoke it. It manifested. And God made two great lights. Key in on verse 16. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Notice God set them in position to shine. God placed them that they could be illuminated. One would illuminate the day. The other would be illuminated in the night. Notice verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Now in the message, speak to the rock. The prophet of God would tell us, now the moon is the wife of the sun. When the sun goes away, the moon reflects the light of the sun. Is that right? On the earth. And now when Jesus was taken away, We are the bride, which is the moon, to reflect the light of the gospel. And we can't reflect it until he shines upon us. And when the gospel goes to shining on us, then we shine it out. And the prophet of God would say, so send the light, Lord, is my prayer, that we may reflect the light of the Son of God in the power and in his resurrection and in his fullness. He says, oh, how marvelous. How many would say that tonight? Oh, God, you'll reflect your light upon me tonight that I can shine in your fullness. I can shine in your resurrection. I can shine in your power. I can shine in your healing virgin. I can shine in your mercies. Give me just a little bit more volume, Brother Tim, if you don't mind. See, the moon has no light of her own. She can only reflect the light that is shining on her. And Spurgeon would say it like this, when God shines upon the church, then the church herself shines by reflecting his light. So we have no light of our own. All we have is a borrowed light. But what are we to do with that borrowed light? We're to reflect him 
in his absence when he's not there shining and the bride, the moon is illuminated. She's risen in the darkness. And what is she doing? She's radiating not her own light, but she's radiating the light of the sun. She's reflecting back to the earth that the sun is still there. He's still shining. Oh, let me tell you, little church tonight, this bride is the moon, and she's reflecting the sun, and she's declaring that Jesus Christ, he's not dead, but he's alive. He's here tonight in power, in jurisdiction over sin. He's here and is reflecting out of your life. Christ went away like the sun. When it says the moon up to give light until the sun returns but when the sun returns the moon just fades out and the sun makes the light he says that's the same thing it did with law and grace law was to reflect or shadow of the light until the light came and the light was the Lord Jesus and the law faded out but when the light taken its place he says now the moon is there there was enough in the reflection to reflect the light showing that there was a hope there was a blessed place to go to after this life was over. For the law reflected that in the light of the gospel. And now the moon is to give light while it's dark in the absence of the sun. So your life as the bride is not reflecting your ideas if you're bride. It's not reflecting your intellectual knowledge and understanding. As we would call it intellectual bandwidth. Some of us have more than others. But God is not looking for your intellectual bandwidth. God is looking for you that he can reflect his word through you. You can be so consumed, so filled, so dominated by the power of God that when men and women see you, they don't see your failures. They don't see your mistakes. They see a son of God. They see a daughter of God. They see somebody that possesses something that is real in this end time when this world is groping in darkness. They're sons and daughters of God that's manifesting the light of this hour. What are they reflecting? That there's a better world to come. That there's a marriage supper of the Lamb. That there's an eternity. There's a Lamb with no sorrows, no more fears, no more tears, no more hurts, no more sickness. That's what we're to reflect in this hour, sons and daughters of God. We're going to a land. Oh, no more hurts, no more pains, no more complexes, no more difficulties. We're going to a land. We're going to a land. How do you say that, Brother Joe? Because the Son of God is shining upon us. How will this world ever know about this land? How will this world ever know about this land? I'm looking at it right here. They know by the life you live. They know by the life that you're reflecting. They can look through your facade. They can look right but through all the, the form of godliness. And they can see and they can determine whether that's the true light of God reflecting itself and manifesting itself. See, they're going to see Christ in you. They're going to see it in your actions. They're going to see it in your attitude. They're going to see it while you're going through adversity. They're going to see the reflection of the Almighty. And if he's not there, there's nothing to reflect but your own humanity, your own failures, your own difficulties, your own attitude problems, your own actions become ungodly. That's what you reflect if the Holy Spirit is not there in your life. 
He's now, the church is to live or to give the light, the lesser light, in the absence of the Lord. And then when the light, as the moon is shining and the sun comes into the moon, notice now as the light is shining and the sun comes into the moon, they both blend together and it makes one light. Not two. We don't have another light to give. These men has got all their own ideas and their own doctrines. Some claiming this, some claiming that. Let me tell you, church, we only got one light to live. Oh, I don't want my life to be different than the word of God. I want to be declaring the same thing that he declared. Because if I'm saying the same thing that he says, he's going to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter ye into the joys of the Lord. Come on up here. I prepared you a rapture. I prepared you a wedding supper. I prepared you an eternal reign. I got a grove that you can put on. I got streets of gold you're going to dance down. I got cool shades and beautiful mornings. I got it on the other side. If you'll just stay with the word. The light that the church has reflected and the same Jesus, the same works, the same light, the same thing that he did when he was here on earth is reflected by his church showing that he is living somewhere. People get afraid of signs and wonders. There's nothing to be afraid of. What do you think, Brother Tim? There's nothing to be afraid of with signs and wonders. What is that saying? It's saying that God is still alive. When he comes by a church and he anoints somebody and their eyes come open, if he can take a prophet of God and a little girl come up there with no eyes in her head and he spit and he had four little eyes and put it in there and say, whatever color you want, you can have. And she would say, oh, I heard blue was a pretty color. And there was blue eyes begin to form in her head. Let me tell you, that size and wonders that is following today. That ain't just yesterday, church. He's the same God tonight. He can defeat cancer, and he's done it. He can defeat defeat alopecia, and he's done it. He can raise the dead, and he's done it. He can save the lost, and he's done it. What are we afraid of signs and wonders? I want the signs. I want the wonders. I want the miracles. I want the power of God in my midst, in this church. I want an altar full. I don't want no dry confession. I want the power of God to pulsate lives of men and women. You know, it's like that little nightingale. Little nightingale will sing as long as it saw a little star or maybe the moon up there shining. But you let the clouds begin to cloud it over and he can't see, he shuts up. But as long as he can look up to the heavens... And he could see a star, maybe so faint, ever so distant. He began to sing. What about it even like tabernacle? When you see the light that pulsated here on Sunday morning. When you see the light that filled this altar with men and women. It should make your little nightingale spirit sing. Oh, he should make the sons and daughters of God shout hallelujah and praise our God. He's still moving. He's still changing. He's still pulling. He's still drawing. He's still baptizing. He's still filling. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still moving. He's the same God. Oh, what about an evening like Tabernacle Nightingale? You see the sun shine day after day after day. You see the effects of the sun on the moon, and you see men and women overcome sin. It shall make you shout hallelujah. It shall make you shout praise our God. 
Young people rising up above pornography. Young girls, young men rising up above seeing this out. What is it? It should make you shout. Oh, the power of God is real in this church. He said, today the church is reflecting the light of the absent Son of God. The church, not reflecting her own light. She has none. Well, she has, she's got scars. Well, she's been hit with this cater, crater, or this asteroid, or this here. She's been hit, so have you been hit. She's not reflecting her scars. She's reflecting the light of the sun. We're not to reflect our complexes. We're not to reflect our jealousies and our indifferences and our strifes and our failures and our weaknesses. We're to reflect the sun. We are to reflect the sun. Oh, I don't doubt that you have scars. I don't doubt that you have difficulties you have to deal with. The moon has scars. And if you look up there on a full night, you can look out there and you can see the scars, but it doesn't stop the moon from shining. Oh, he's still shining. She's still shining. She still rises every night in the midst of darkness. And she declares, at the sun, he's still shining. Though you can't see him, I'm the reflection. I'm manifesting. He said, let there be light, and I'm that light. I'm showing the sun is still there. Oh, hallelujah. What about it? What about it even like tabernacle? The son of God, he's here. He's present. He's an old time God. He says, yet, he said, the little while the world seeth me no more. Yet you shall see me. You shall see me, for I will be with you. I will be in you to the end of the age. When this age slips off into total, utter darkness, chaos, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to still reflect myself on you. I'm going to still convict you of your wrong. I'm going to still show you the word. I'm going to illuminate it before you. I'm going to show you that this ain't man's idea, but it's thus saith the Lord. I'm going to prove to you that I'm the living God. And what I said, there ain't a devil in hell can transpire. There ain't a devil in hell that can stop the program of God. There's not a devil in hell, young person, that can stop God's purpose and plan for your life. There's not an imp. There's not a devil. There's not a stranger. There's not enough darkness in Laodicea that can stop this little bride from rising in the midst of darkness and declare that the Son of God is alive. He's shining somewhere. Though I can't see the sun, I see the moon, and the moon is my representation that there's a sun shining somewhere. Notice, and God made the two great lights. Genesis 1 and verse 16. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule tonight or to rule the night. And he made the stars also. You know, and I was just thinking about this the other night. Actually, yesterday morning. God made two great lights, but he also made the stars. He made the sun, which represents the bridegroom. He made the moon, 
which represents the bride. But he also made the stars a multitude out number. They're there for a purpose. So he made those. So you can't just say, oh, if you don't believe this message, you're going to hell. That's a false doctrine. That's a false teaching. Because he made the stars also. And you can't number them. And he said there will be a multitude without number. But he made two great lights. Two great lights. One that's going to rule today. And I hope you're keying in on this word rule. And the other one's going to rule by night. That word rule means have dominion. Well, Brother Joe, I don't want to talk about dominion. I don't want to talk about rule. All I wake up every morning, I'm nothing but a failure. Oh, you got to quit talking the devil's language. Look at Genesis 1 in the very beginning. God was typing out what he was going to do with your life. He didn't create you to give you uh, so that sin can have dominion over you, so that the darkness can have dominion over you. But God created you in this hour to be a shining light, to reflect back the sun, to declare to this dark world that you have been anointed to rule, to have dominion, to reign over sin, to reign over darkness, to reign over adultery, to reign over pornography, to reign over all these things. God has created you in this hour to rule and to reign. You need to start by ruling this. It's time we start bringing this right here under subjection to the word. Notice, the darkness tries to press in and shut out the light. But you have been placed. He placed the moon in position. Just enough in the right place to reflect the sun. And notice, we only seen one face of the moon. Because the moon spins exactly in the same orbital path that we spin in. At the same speed that the earth spins in. And they said for 12 days your moon will be facing one side of the sun. Though we don't know, we don't see it. It's the dark side is what they call it. And it could be 250 degrees above or 250 degrees Celsius or 250 degrees below Celsius. Depends on whether it's facing it or not. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Sometimes we're so hot and sometimes we're so cold. But we find, he says, now, if you have been placed in this age, if this age goes into complete apostasy, yet this age is almost completely void of the Spirit of God, but God placed you here to defeat every tactic of the enemy. Amen. 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 Satan says, I'm going to take you young boys, and I'm going to put a device in your hand. You know, at home, there's a router. You can put protection on that router, and you can't go to these www.XXX sites and whatnot. But on that little phone... You can go anywhere in the world wide web you want to go. You can look at anything you want to look at. And the thing about that little phone, it has no history. So your parents can't find out. But what God says, I provided you a light. I provided you a way out from looking at those devices and looking at those sites and doing things that you shouldn't do. And if that light ever anoints that heart... Oh, you can put that phone anywhere you want to. You can put it in the darkest place or the brightest. It'll never go to one of those sites because this right here has been changed by the power of God because the light of the word had come down and it took out all that darkness, all that bitterness, all that envy, all that grudging, all that jealousy, and it takes it right out and let the power of the word of God manifest itself there. No more desires to sin. No more desires to be in the dark. 
defeat every tactic of the enemy. Somebody needs to say that. I'm going to defeat every tactic. Even in Satan's Eden, I'm rising above it. I got a commission. I've been commissioned in Isaiah 60 and verse 1 to arise and shine, to come to my place, to be established in this word, to become dominant in this hour and shine forth and illuminate the message of the hour. God set the moon to shine at night to remind Satan, no matter how dark it gets, somebody's going to be my witness. I'm going to have a witness in the end time. Come on, Sister Karen. I'm going to have a witness that God can heal brain bleeds. What about it, Jaron? God can save a sinner. What about it, Caleb? God can take care of those desires that you once had and completely change your life. By what? By the word of the God. By the word of the hour. By the light that he has given to us in this hour. Oh, yes. I believe in this light. God has a witness. And I'm looking at even like Tabernacle as his witness. These messages don't stay just within these four walls. They're all out in Africa. They're all out in other countries. In Uzbekistan and all these other places. The light of this message goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. We're not displaying our light, but we're displaying the light of the message of the hour. So in today, in the midst of a perverse world, a world that's groping in sin and obscurity, God has a witness. God's going to have a bride, and she's going to reflect his very own life. And see, you have been given the authority by the Scripture to rule the night. Come on, church. Genesis 1.16, put it back up there. You have been given the authority... By the word of God to rule the night. To rule your night. To rule your darkness. Those thoughts that come in your mind, you have been given the authority of the scripture to rule. To have dominion. To take everything, every thought and bring it under subjection to the word of God. God has placed you in that kind of position tonight. It's time that you recognize who you are and recognize the authority in which God has given you. And it's time that you illuminate that word and tell that old dirty devil, you got to back off, buddy. I'm a son of God. There is a light that's anointed my heart. There's a light that's anointed my flesh. I'm not going to be bound down by your sickness. I'm going to take God in his word and say, by my stripes, I can be healed. I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. I'm no longer in sin's chains. I broke the yoke. Because the anointing had come in this house and it's broke every chain of darkness. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You have been ordained to reign. You have been ordained to rule the darkness. That word ordained there means to confer holy orders on. God has conferred upon you his word. It means to bestow. It means to ascribe, to employ, to concentrate or consecrate, to be entrusted with, to be granted. See, God doesn't reflect his light in you for the darkness of Laodicea to have power and dominion over your life. Young people, you need to wake up. It's time some of you quit playing church and realize God didn't position you in this church 
so that you can continue in sin. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's time we have an experience. It's time that we let the light of that word permeate or permeate our hearts and satiate our souls and fill us with the goodness of God. See, God didn't intend and he doesn't intend for the gross darknesses of this age to control you, to warp your thinking. No. No, God didn't give you, God didn't give you the power so that the cravings of this world would overtake your life. God didn't give you the power so that sin can rule you and depression and suicide and that you can live a halfway Christian life. No, but God has promised you in this hour a power. Did you hear what I said? God had promised the church a power, not her power. She has no power. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit. It's by the light that God has sent in this hour. That's what God has promised you in this hour. Power to rise above sin. Power to overcome lukewarmness. Power to discern the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church. God has given you power, little church. Power that breaks every yoke, an anointing that breaks the yoke, that destroys the strongholds of the enemy, that annihilates, annihilates the desire of sin. You've been ordained. You've been predestinated to rule in Laodicea. Just as the moon has a reflect, reflect on the earth, or just as the moon has an effect, excuse me, on the earth to control the seasons, to control the tides, so does your life have an effect on this earth. Say, what do you mean, Brother Joe? Wait till this little bride is gone. All hell is going to break loose. Smoke bombs and craters. There's going to be plagues poured out. There's going to be all kind of pandemonium everywhere. That's the power in which you have an effect on this earth. So I say shine the gospel light. Brother Brown would say it like this, and I'm getting close to closing. That's when y'all all can say amen. He says, don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. This is one of my favorite quotes. He goes, all that I am, you are heir to. All my power is yours. Somebody needs to grab that promise right now. All my power is yours. All my power is yours. Come on, somebody. Grab a hold of that light. Let it come on the inside. All his power is mine. All my omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst. I have not come to bring fear and failure, but love and courage and ability. All power is given unto me, and it's yours to use. Oh, I said, all my power is given unto me, but it's yours to you. It's time that we as his bride start using his power. Start taking God at his word. Start manifesting what he said it'll be. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's no reason for us to have sick in our midst when we got the power of the anointing of the word of God in our midst. These signs will follow them if you'll believe tonight. All power is given to me, and it's yours to use. You speak the word, and I will perform it. Oh, that is my covenant, and it can never fail. I'm going to say that one more time because some of you are sleeping on me. He says, all power is given unto me, and it's yours to use. 
you're reflecting the power of the sun. All that power that radiates from the sun, those light rays is coming upon you, but it's not. He's telling that sun or the moon, I've given you my power. You use it in the darkness and you shine down on that earth and you can control, you can control the tides and the seasons and the months and the days. You can control what you can control because I've given you my power and it's for you to use. And you ask anything. You speak the word and I will perform it. Luke 10 and verse 19 says, Behold, I have given unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's given you power, church. Won't you reflect that power tonight? We have no light. Let me get to a certain point. I want to get to a certain place here. When he said, let there be light, the earth was out without form or void. But he said, let there be. And I don't know, I wasn't there. At least I wasn't there in time. It may have been eons and eons and eons of years. But something began to transpire. Something began to take effect. That word began to materialize. And all of a sudden, light formed in the midst of darkness. And maybe you're here tonight, you've been praying for a young person, a son or a daughter, and it seems like nothing is happening. But you don't understand what's going on in the background. Things are transpiring. Tell you a little story that just happened to me this past week or last week. My brother called me and says, Joe, can I borrow your truck to take Joseph fishing? Out of the blue? I'm like, well, that's fine. Well, I got that little SD card. You know, everybody got one of them SD cards. It's got the profit on it, got the message. And I got it playing in my truck. I said, you watch this. I'm going to set him up. <laughs> I popped, which I had it in there because I was listening to it. And I put it on there. Then I moved my dial so it wouldn't show my radio. It was on like the, the uh, climate control. So he had to fool around trying to figure it out. So he picks my truck up. And guess who's playing? It wasn't Bon Jovi. It wasn't Chris Rice. It wasn't some of these other guys. No, but it was a prophet. And he was preaching on perseverance. Come the next morning, he picks Joseph up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm praying about this. And my wife's like, Joe, are you okay? You sure you made the right decision to loan your truck to your brother? And, you know, with the music and Joseph and all this. I'm like, it'll be all right. Got him set up. Joseph comes home from fishing that day. And Jessica's like, Joseph? How was your day? It was good. Well, Joseph did. Did Uncle Daniel play any bad music? He's like, no. He was listening to the prophet. He never cut it off. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. My setup worked. He had it the next day. Come and picked him up at 6 o'clock in the morning. All he listened to, going to the lake and coming back from the lake, was the prophet. Picked it up the third day. He was listening to the prophet. Got to the point on Friday. He, came, he called me on the phone. He said, Joe, he goes, I've been listening to Brother Branham. He goes, can you do me a favor? Can you put the message on my iPad? I'm like, absolutely, I can put the message on your iPad. So he come over on Friday night. I loaded his iPad up with the prophet of God, and he's been listening to it. You don't know how long it takes. I've been praying and praying that God will come down and 
and strike light across his heart. And God is moving. When I see it, I can't see God move. God never stops. I tell you, he never stops. He never quits. He's the God of second, third, fourth chances. He's the God that keeps moving. When you can't see light, God is light. When you can't see nothing but dark, God is shining forth. God is declaring, I will have a bride. I will have a wife. I will be manifested in the end time. God moving. God declaring, I'm still shining. I'm still ruling in day of the sea. God's still shining, church. As we start bringing this to a close, he said, let there be light. And light begin to form. You know what? There wasn't enough devils in hell can stop that manifestation. Matthew 16 and verse 18. I want you to see this. Matthew 16 and verse 18. He says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When God spoke that word, the same God that spoke, let there be light and light begin to form is the very same God through the very same lips that said, I will have a church. I will have a bride. Hallelujah. I will have a wife in the end time. And the gates of hell, the darkness of hell shall not prevail, shall not overcome, shall not overtake. Stand to your feet and worship God. Oh, I'll have a church. Church, and she'll illuminate my world. She will be a light in the midst of darkness. Musicians, come. He said, Let me tell you something, brother. Listen to this. And I say this with respect, hallelujah. It's ordained of Jesus Christ to be so, hell can't stop it. Come on, church. Oh, hell's going to beat against your gate. Hell's going to come knocking and come pounding. But hell can't stop the manifest word of the hour. God is going to have a church. God is going to have a bride. God has got one. I'm going to tell you, he's got one. I'm looking at the church. I'm looking at the bride tonight. Brother Timothy, come lead us in some song. Let's worship God. Oh, we're the light. So shine the light in the midst of darkness. Shine for it's time to radiate. It's time to arise. Become in power. No longer a weak, defeated church. Brother Mike, you lead us in service. So, and we got so many musicians and ministers, we just pick, they all can do it. Oh, but God, in this end time, has anointed you. Blessed are your eyes. They can see. And blessed are your ears, for you can hear. Let him that hath ears hear what the Spirit is saying. Arise and shine, for thy light has come. God bless you tonight.